The Marlins drop another one in St. Louis, 2-0 now in this series. But the biggest storyline coming out of it, Jazz Chisholm exits the game and says the pain threshold is high. 0-10, how bad is it, Jazz? Very high. Does not sound good. We're going to dig into that news. Plus, the Herald dropped an article today. Craig Mish is back. We're going to dig into all of that and more on today's Locked on Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt, of course, British host. Don't forget to follow me, of course, on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Don't forget the underscore. Don't forget to subscribe to the pod or the YouTube channel. Both are available. If you're watching us now, you can see us. Hello, welcome. And if you are watching, you will see I have a guest in town as well, a debut guest. Listen, I put the bat signal out there today. I said, listen, I'm not going to be able to watch this game in full. Who can come on? And give me a rundown of, of last night's game. And Isaac Shapiro steps up to the plate, says, yeah, Pete, I am all in. Isaac, how are we doing, brother? Hey, Pete. Great to be here. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm a big fan and good to be talking with one of the UK goats uh, in person, actually, <laughs> not just on Twitter. <laughs> Love it. This is, the be- this is the beautiful thing of Twitter. And re- reminder, guys, Twitter, that app is free. It's a free app. Unbelievable. But anyway, it's great to have you on, Isaac, for sure. Thanks so much for making time. Um, like I said, I wasn't able to watch the game live. It was It's a late one for us in the UK. And as well, work schedule was too crazy today. I knew I didn't have three hours to, to get into this game with no spoilers. So I dug into it, saw the score, uh, the game flow. There looked to be, the Marlins went out hot, um, seemingly by the box score. But then, listen, the, the big news for me, though, was, was Jazz Chisholm exiting. So let's start with Jazz. I think that's probably the right place to start. You know, all of a sudden, a couple of innings in, Jazz is out of the game. Um, and, uh, actually before we do that, before we get into that, need to remind you that guys, you're going to love this one. Today's episode is brought to you by sports card investor app. We're going to talk more about them later on, but welcome to the world of trading cards. Reimagined. Stay tuned later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out sports card investor app, right? Isaac, the big news though, jazz exits post game does not sound good. What was your take on this one for jazz? Yeah, you know, usually Jazz, he after the game, he's he's like, I I was fine, you know, I could have kept going, but mm-hmm. um, when, when he says that he he was feeling it a little bit, yeah, um, that that's a little bit of cause for concern. I didn't see anything. Um, I know some people point out on Twitter that they saw him kind of lunge it, or you know, uh, feels back a little bit after, but um, kind of a bummer. Uh, I hope they avoid an IL stint. I, I feel mm. like maybe they would have already put him on if if it was really that bad. Um, so hopefully he can avoid it. Um, but they have Wendell coming back. So, you know, they have Wendell coming back probably um, Friday. Uh, and so, you know, it'll hurt if they do lose Jazz, but um, we're not probably going to see Eric Gonzalez as our everyday uh, shortstop or, or third base or whatever. Um, so hopefully Wendell can can take that spot if, if Jazz is actually hurt. Yeah, for sure. It, clearly, you know, the Jazz news is, is disappointing. This has been lingering since Friday. Uh, he obviously played through it then on Saturday, missed a day on Sunday, missed a day again on Monday. Um, so it's been lingering. He's obviously trying to play through it. But for me, I'm concerned. Like you, I'm concerned yeah. uh, post-game. You're right, Jazz's comments there. Normally, he's upbeat. 
He's all in. I'm all good. I'll be fine tomorrow. Didn't get that sense from him. So the lineups are now. We're recording this just after 9 p.m. UK time, uh, which is 4 p.m. Eastern. No lineups out. We're not clear on whether Jazz is in the lineup or whether he is needing an IL stint. But you're right, though, Isaac. Wendell is almost back. The plumber finally on his way back. And in a way, it's a kind of similar situation because Wendell tried to play through the hamstring, was missed a day, then was back in. Then in the end, did the hamstring again and then missed a good amount of time. He's missed a good bunch of time, actually, Wendell, when you kind of piece it together. So I think the Marlins need to be careful with Jazz. Uh, but Wendell coming back, you know, We've missed him, right? Because he, he was scorching oh, yeah. early doors. He was, you know, it was Jazz, Jesus, and Joey Wendell. Those three dudes absolutely lit it up early doors. And then obviously losing Wendell was a big, big blow for these Marlins, wasn't it? Yeah. Watching, uh, I watched Wendell play in Jacksonville yesterday and, and just such a professional hitter. I mean, just yeah. a, no no batting gloves, just, you know, hitting the ball opposite field. It, it'll be just what they need. With Jazz, you know, you want to be, you want to be cautious with him. You know, he's still, he's young. He's your star. You know, you lose a bit of, you know, oomph uh, in the lineup. But mm -hmm. we saw with Andy. I mean, Andy, he had the back problems, ended up going on the on the 15 dial, the 60 dial, you know, last year or two years ago. And um, so you don't want to get too bad with Jazz. So if, if he's got to go in the IL, you know, do it through the through the All-Star break or, or a couple of weeks and then try to get him right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You're right on, on Wendell. It's, it's funny. You know, there's obviously been these... You know, let's describe it as challenges in the clubhouse this year, right? But I think Joey Wendell is exactly the type of dude you want in your clubhouse. And maybe oh, that's yeah. been the problem. Like you said, no batting gloves, no flash, black cleats in your language, um, you know, no flair. Just a professional dude that hits, does everything well. Every club needs one. I mean, in reality, we've leaned on John Birdie this year to kind of do that as well. And Birdie has really stepped up. However... The wrinkle effect, though, last night, Jazz exits the game. The Marlins are leading as well. It's 3-0, and they're, they're, they're up. Birdie switches over to second base. In the end, Birdie makes a huge error that actually, you know, led in a run. I think the Cardinals were already leading at that point, but it was a, a second, uh, second run to go ahead there. So big, big moment there where Jazz exits. We saw the same a few, few days ago as well. He exits as the Dio comes in. As the Dio ends up botching a play and ends up in a big spot with the bases juiced and, uh, you know, end up striking out. So we're kind of getting unlucky, too. The wrinkle effects of Jazz missing is hurting us. But overall, Birdie, let's talk about him briefly. What a season from Birdie has been absolutely sensational. I mean, the stolen base streak was unreal. The hitting streak's unreal. He's playing everywhere. The one question I've got, though, is why the Marlins maybe haven't given him a role in center field yet just to kind of put him out there. Brian De La Cruz has really struggled hitting-wise anyway, and, and defensively too. So I'm intrigued why they haven't gone down that path. What's your thoughts on that one? It, yeah, and I think I think Aram, uh, Aram Layton mentioned that as well, that they, they might as well give him a shout-out there. Yeah. He's probably got the range. He might not have the arm, um, but it, it's worth giving him a shot. I mean, especially once you got Wendell coming back, you mm. got you know Andy in there. So you, you definitely have the depth on the infield. Um, I personally, I certainly wouldn't mind it because obviously Birdie's been playing out of his mind, sensational. Yeah. Uh, he's going to have to play every day. You know, he, he's going to have to play every day. Him at the top of the lineup, total difference maker. Um, I'd like to see it. Um, it seems like with, with this front office, though, they they kind of stick to their to their guns, and, and their guns right now are Soler, they're Avi, they're Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, for now, they're De La Cruz. You know, he, he might get sent down once Wendell comes back, but I'd, I'd also like to see Birdie get out there. I'd really just like to see them go out and get somebody, though. You know, I know. I'd, 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 you know, 
Bert Birdie, he's a good temporary guy there, but he's not the solution in center field. It'd be nice to see him though. For me, but listen, Bertie's just a, a straight-up stud that can play everywhere. You need those guys. What we've seen year and year and year is it doesn't matter what one to nine looks like. It is it's like what does the twenty-six and forty-man roster look like? Because you need these guys. I mean, the baseball is just so grueling right now. Everyone's getting hurt up and down the league. It doesn't matter. You're going to need John Birdie to play tons of games. You're going to need, you know, I mean, this is the thing you need, you're leaning on like an Eric Gonzalez at times too. But, you know, if you can upgrade those dudes, but there's a role for John Birdie. The bat is hot. And this is the thing for the Marlins. I think we've, we've ridden inexperienced cold bats for too long. Like for me, Brian De La Cruz, it's clear he's in a cold streak. You know, bring someone in from, from AAA to kind of who's hot, ride a hot hand. You know, Encarnacion's been going bananas there. He came up and hit a salami. You know, Brian De La Cruz wasn't even on the roster opening day. He was he, They optioned him to AAA. That was a bit of a surprise at the time. I'm just surprised at the approach where it feels a bit like too long a leash for unproven dudes like Brian De La Cruz at the major league level. You know, if, it, if he's really cooled, send him down to AAA, bring up another guy. See how it goes. I mean, that's the thing for me. I've been kind of scratching my head, but I don't know. Where do you sit on this Brian De La Cruz situation? It, you know, I I know people were clamoring for De La Cruz to to get the call, you know, before the year. And, you know, he, he showed it last year. You know, he, he earned that right to, you know, get a few chances this year. Um, he struggled a lot. You know, obviously there's no sugarcoating that. He, he mm-hmm. has not been good. He, you know, some hard hits here and there, but he he really hasn't been great. Um you know, this front office, it, it seems like they really wait to the deadlines for every decision they make. You know, Craig said it, I think last year, you know, they really won't do something until they absolutely have to do it. And that's yeah. kind of how I see them working here with like a Blade or, a, you know, a, a Burdick or a Troy Johnston or even a, a Gerard for, you know, longer. They're, they're really going to try to soak out as much time as they can, um, because I, I don't think they want to call up like a Blade add him to the 40 man. And then, and then, you know, if he struggles or something and then they have to send him back down, maybe you're burning an option or, or something like that. So, um, you know, with De La Cruz, I, I personally think it's time to get somebody up. I think, I think it's time to get Blade up mm-hmm. um, and just see what he's got at the minor league level, you know, or yeah. major league level. Um, he's going to be a rule five uh, eligible after this year. So he's going to have to be on the 40 man at some point anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if he's got that power up here. Uh, like he does in AAA, but um, I'm I'm kind of turning a little bit on on De La Cruz. Fine fourth outfielder, um, but you can't rely on him to play, you know, even a few times a week. He he's got to be a maybe a um, pinch hitting replacement. He can't he can't even be a defensive replacement. I mean, he's been he's been struggling on defense a lot. I I, yes. I just I don't know about De La Cruz. I, I, I don't know. I think, and I think the it, it's a good point you make because defensively he's had a couple of little blips, and I I think that's impacted him more broadly. Like I feel like he's playing with a, a, a kind of less confident De La Cruz that we saw last year. Last year, De La Cruz up at the major league level, first ever time, seemed to be loving it. Was was enjoying life. Was out in the field, always smiling. A couple of errors have crept into his game in the outfield, and it doesn't seem the same De La Cruz. And I feel like it's bleeding into his hitting, or maybe vice versa. Maybe the pressure is is kind of bleeding into the defense uh, defensive side. But it's been a bit of a struggle. Like you said, J.J. Bleday, he's going to have to be added to the 40-man. He will be added, clearly. So it's not a question of will we add J.J. Bleday. Clearly, we will. So, you know, as we go into, you know, the, the back end of the season... You know, it, it, we're going to need to take a look at Blade. However, the Marlins, 
the schedule does look interesting in July. Uh, we're going to dig into the, the Herald article from today because really that was at the heart of it. Are the Marlins going to be buying or selling at the deadline or both? They could be doing both. But um, So we're going to dig into that. But before we do that, guys, uh, a reminder that this episode, as I've already teased out, it's brought to you by Sports Card Investor. So Sports Card Investor app, welcome to the world of sports cards reimagined. And the Sports Card Investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. Quickly check the value of your favorite cards. Find great deals and profit from the hobby you love. Perfect. Available completely free. Yeah, completely free. Google Play, Apple App Stores, and the Sports Card Investor app is a must-have for baseball fans. And as Marlins fans, we have the benefit. We've got tons of studs coming through that we know are going to be studs. Max Meyer, JJ Bloday, we just talked about him. Go and scoop up those cards. So it's completely free. There's over 630,000 cards for every sport. Hundreds more added each week. So check the latest values of your favorite cards with seven-day or 30-day charts. And the best prices, buy directly through the app or via eBay deals feature. So absolutely tons in there for you guys. What have you got to do? Here's what you got to do. Download the app. Start there. Sports Card Investor app. Download it for free in the Google Play and Apple app stores or go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. Enjoy that one, guys. Um, Isaac, if you were going to be digging into cards, are you a card collector, firstly? Uh, I'm not, but I actually today I did kind of think about maybe maybe uh, taking a stab at it. So. Oh, baby. Well, get your, you know, you've got the right app for it now, brother. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Who's going to be the first player you look up? If you're looking up a dude now to go and get some cards, who are you going to be looking up? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Probably like a, a young prospect. You know, maybe a Jose Salas, you know? Yeah. Um, kind of not quite under the radar for us, but maybe a little bit under the radar for – uh, the rest of the nation. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can get them uh, for kind of cheap and um, start collecting from there. I like it. Good plan. Jose Salas, good name. I think I saw he was promoted this week as well, if I recall. Um, yep. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, the the Herald article drops. Craig Mish is back. Barry Jackson, the boys are back. Sounds like it's fundamentally centered around a conversation with Kim Ang, um, which is interesting. It sounds like it was non-committal is my overall summary of it. Like it was non-committal from Kim in terms of the specific direction right now, mainly because we've still got 30 games to go until the deadline. And so a lot can change in 30 games. Um, where's your head at more broadly with this Marlins season in terms of where they're at now? Plus going into July, the schedule looks on paper. It looks interesting. It looks winnable. The Marlins could go on a run. Do you think they, they have it in them to go on this run to get back in the mix? Um, yeah. So they could Pete. be buyers. Yeah, Pete, you know, they're seven games under 500. Um, I'm still uh -oh. feeling good, though. I'm still oh, feeling yes. good. I, you know, the, the schedule in July, it's too favorable to, to be so down on them. So mm. until they actually start losing these games in July against, you, know, you play the Pirates two times, you play the mm -hmm. Reds, you get the Cubs, you get the Nationals again. And then you even got like the Rangers and the Angels who, I mean, they're, they're not great. Um, no. They're not terrible. They're not great. So, you know, They've got time to make this up. Craig said in the article, or Craig tweeted maybe, um, about 30 games to decide. Well, I mean, it's mm. a long time to make up seven games, which you hope will be six after uh, Sandy goes tonight. And uh, knowing Sandy, he'll he'll let up one run, but we'll lose 2-1. Um, <laughs> so hopefully we're six games back, or six games un under, uh, going into the National Series. And um, we can. I, I really think we can gain some ground there. Um, I know we play the Mets and uh, a couple times and Philly, so I know there's a couple, you know, tough uh, series in there. Yeah. But I'm feeling pretty good, even though they're they're not, the, you know, the the national the Marlins, you know, fan base is not 
feeling it too much. I'm with you. It's, it's just been tricky, hasn't it? When you look at the season as a whole, the sense you get is when they play good teams, they get beat and they get beat quite handily. Like, you know, against the Mets, like the Mets are clearly a much better team than the Marlins right now, in my opinion. The lineup in particular, that Sunday lineup, I mean, boy, oh boy, those, I mean, how the Marlins won that game, I don't know. That was just wizardry from Don Mattingly and the guys to, to you know, squeak that one out. But when you just look at those lineups on paper, they're just, they're playing a different sport, it looks like to me. Like it's, it really it's crazy. Clearly, the financial resources are wildly different as well. So we have to take that into account. But like you said, Sandy goes tonight. We know what Sandy will do. He loves pitching against the Cardinals too, clearly. Oh, yeah. um, so Point, 0.99 ERA, I think, in, in four starts. Like stunning. In exactly. The best, you know, the best trade in, in Marlins history, perhaps, uh, yeah. that one for sure. So Sandy will be going. He'll be looking to, um, you know, vintage Sandy. Can the offense come alive? You know, for me, I'm concerned if Jazz isn't in the lineup, clearly. Like, that is it's one of the big pieces for the fish out of there. But, like you said, this roster, this schedule, sorry, really opens up. Do you think the Marlins could actually be buying at the deadline? And if so, uh, we've talked about center field, but what? where do you think their head's going to be at in terms of upgrades, where they're going to look? What, what, what can you see happening here? Yeah, you know, I, I think whether they're in it or they're out of it, they're, they're probably going to try to – I feel like they're going to move on from Aggie – whether yeah. they're in it or out of it, because mm-hmm. at this point you, you've got to get Lehman up. He's got to get the at bats. And uh, with Aggie being a free agent at the end of the year, um, you're not going to bring him back. So you might as well just get something for him. Um, and because his bat's not even really producing that well, you know, he's really regressed a bit. Yes. Um, so I would look to move Aggie, whether they're in it or out of it. Um, if they're in it though, you know, they obviously go get your center fielder. I was a little bit bummed that the, uh, article didn't have anything spicy about like uh, Loriano or, mm-hmm. or Reynolds or anything like that. So um, go out and get your center fielder um, and then maybe try to just improve in your uh, bullpen depth and maybe even some in- infield depth. It's interesting though, because they're going to have to be active one way or another. Um, they've got so many guys in the minors that their time is coming up um, and they, they have to kind of do something. Um, so I would expect a few moves regardless of if they're in it or not in it. Um, but even if they get, you know, even if they bomb against the pirates and they're, they're out of it, you're really only moving on probably from Aggie, uh, maybe Solaire. I think you mm. can get off Solaire, probably not Avi. Um, unfortunately that that's actually a, a big bummer. Um, and then you, you can probably deal a couple of bullpen arms. I know he mentioned Bass, uh, could be a, a, a dealt. Um, mm. he's had a great year, but once again, he's a free agent after this year. Um, and a guy like Okert, who's been playing phenomenal, uh, and who has control, you know, he could, he could actually maybe get you a nice piece. So, um, if they're out of it, I'm looking to maybe just move on from Aggie Solaire, um, a couple of bullpen guys, but if they're in it, um, I think you got to look at a getting your, your outfielder. I think either way you try to get that outfielder, because even if you're not in it this year, you're, you're getting an outfielder who's on your team for, you know, the next three years. And, you know, these guys, if there's anything with this front office, it's that they're creative in their moves and that, you know, they, they'll trade a guy to get a guy they'll, you know, they, yeah. at the, at the deadline, they traded gallon to get jazz and they traded Trevor Richards and, and Nick Anderson to get Jesus. So they'll, they'll make those trades to get better um, it, for the future. So it, it's not going to be any, any sort of uh, big, big fire sale or dump. Um, but I, I don't, I don't see anything major either way um, outside of that, that missing center fielder Pete. I'm aligned with you on this one, by the way. I, I've been looking, been thinking about this roster in general. Like, 
where the contract situations are at, where the money's at, the control, all these factors coming into play. And I look at it, and, and, I, and Aggie and I've talked about the pod for a few weeks now. He, he has to be moved ASAP, really, and, and almost just given away. I, I, you know, it's time to see Lewin Diaz up now. It's, you know, the clock is ticking there. So Aggie's a no-brainer. They're not going to extend him. There's, they absolutely won't, and they won't offer a, a qualifying offer or anything silly like that to Aggie. So that won't be happening. Aggie won't be a Marlin next year. So, you know, move on now, perhaps. But, you know, clearly this is one of those tricky things. He's a, he's a proven major league hitter, um, you know, <laughs> Do you want to keep him if they're in it? Maybe you do. It's you know it's a tricky one for the fish, and I guess this is why they need maybe you know sit on it for a little bit longer. Um, I was getting the sense they were really drifting out of things, but clearly as the schedule improves, they can go on a run. Like they could, they could really you know let's say they go twenty and ten or something in July. Next thing is you know they're back over five hundred and they should be buying then, and so it completely changes the, the dynamic. I'm with you on Soler as well. I think if it comes to it, and the Marlins are true sellers, Aguilar is a no-brainer. Soler is movable and in my opinion should be moved like Avi Garcia now with that length of contract um, and the lack of performance the the Marlins are going to be lumbered with that one and they got a ton of corner outfielders knocking around coming up so they're going to have to move on from Soler he may opt out anyway so I think move him on I'm intrigued to see where he may go a hookup back with the Braves could be interesting for Soler a hookup with the Phillies who are missing now Bryce Harper could be interesting as well they the Phillies can spend the money. They keep spending money and have the worst roster going. But yeah, we'll wait and see on that one. Those two are the guys, the only offensive pieces I see outside of that. Everyone else I see sticking around. What about there's you? There's not much. Yeah, there's not much. Um, one thing more about the center fielders, I'm, I'm sure they're trying to get something now. You know, they're, they're, they're not waiting till the deadline to maybe acquire that center fielder because if you need to go 20 and 10 in July, you might, mm-hmm. you want to try to get like a, a Brian Reynolds who, there's no way they're going to be able to give now with how well he's playing, but you're going to try to want to get a Loriano or something now so that you don't have to see if you're in it or not in July, but none of these, you know, bottom feeder teams are um, thinking about selling right now. You know, they're going to wait until someone bids um, top dollar. So unless the Marlins, you know, severely overspend, they're probably not going to get anyone um, for this run. They're, they're going to have to do it uh, with who they got now. Um and I, I don't know. Are they good enough to? Are they good enough to do it? I guess, I guess we'll see with that. We're gonna see for sure. <laughs> we are. We are. There's there's a few other names I want to get into because there's definitely some bullpen arms, maybe even some pitching there to discuss. But before we do that, let's hit the pause button. There's two ads. Two ads now in this one. U.S. ads with the British twist guys, and it's our guys over at BlueNile.com. Talked about them yesterday. BlueNile.com. You can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating custom engagement rings of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece. All the prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler's. So whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. So guys, if you're thinking about that engagement ring, if you're thinking about getting down on one knee, BlueNile have got you covered. Simple online tools that let you create and choose the diamond shape, size, go bigger, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Niles Jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring, said it before, it's bespoke, one of a kind. You're giving her the lady of your dreams, one of a kind engagement ring. Sounds immense to me. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This exclusive includes engagement. Like I've already said, you got to use promo code Locked On. 
All one word, locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free, find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com. And from jewelry and engagement to automobiles, this episode is also brought to you by our good friends over at Rock Auto. And with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure the pointless or intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders only the parts that they happen to stock in their warehouse? You've got access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Use it. Save time and money. That's the way to do it. Get yourselves over to rockauto.com. Don't spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a car dealership. No, no, no. Rock Auto. They're also a family business, and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices, reliably low for every customer. That is every customer. Low prices. And they've got everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. That's my favorite. Get the red carpet in there. Go and explore their easy-to-use website today. Find the solution to your auto parts needs. So what have you got to do? rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you if you want to write locked on marlins pete pratt he's a stud do that too amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com stunning isaac talk to me about these arms because we talked about the hitters if the arms are going to be i think you've teased out a few that you know a few mentioned in the article as well um, the Bassman, let's start there. For me, Bassman has been the, you know, let's be honest, from last season to this, the biggest surprise. He has been absolutely lights out. They found the role that works. They put him in that role. They haven't flexed. And it's been a roaring success. However, there is, I believe, a team option, a three mil team option available for Bassman. So there is maybe an extra year of control. However, if they're out of it, to me, he seems a realistic trade candidate. I'm not sure what they get back. And this is the interesting bit. Do they, knowing that it's three mil and he's maybe a sub two ERA arm right now, that maybe the Marlins just want to hold on to that? I guess it comes down to what comes into return though, right? But he's certainly going to be someone that team. All right. I'm not sure, Isaac. He's going to make it back. He will do. We'll wait for this Wi-Fi to kick in. But in the meantime, just thinking about the Bassman, just to round this one up, I think... I think teams will be calling. I already saw really the UK Philly guys talking about uh, talking about Anthony Bass and whether he'd be an option for them uh, in the Phils. In the Phils, I mean, what we said about them for for years, for years with the Phillies, they need bullpen arms, no doubt about it. They need upgrades. I saw last night. I think in last night's game, they blew another game in the eighth. Bellati or someone uh, ended up ended up blowing that game and taking the L. So, you know, there's there's other arms. There's talk about. Um, uh, Okert as well in this article uh, from today. Lefty, clearly. A lot of people like these lefties. Um, and, uh, you know, the question you've got to ask there is why do the Marlins really want to move these really valuable arms, these lefty guys that are performing? Do they really want to move them? I'm not sure they do. I mean, it's if you can get something back, maybe, but the farm's already loaded. Um, we need this um, We need this major league roster. Isaac, I think, maybe back as well. Isaac, are you back with us, bro? Can you hear me? Uh, I've got you back, brother. We're talking about Stephen oh. <laughs> Stephen Okut. I lost you then. I was asking about Bassman. Is there going to be calls? And at that point, Wi-Fi died. It is what it is, brother. But, but calls on Bassman? Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, that surprised me a little bit. I, I didn't expect to see Bass in the article. Um, I didn't really think about him being being dealt. Uh, mm. But if, if they're out of it, I, I guess it makes sense to move him. Um, he, he'd probably net you something solid, especially uh, with that team option. Um, Okert, he's been phenomenal. Um, I wouldn't mind keeping him because, you know, he's got that nasty slider and uh, you, you never want to get rid of a lefty. A lefty bullpen special, especially with uh, Blyer being so bad. I mean, oh, I know. obviously you can't move Blyer, so he's locked in. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't love to have Blyer being really the only lefty, uh, the lefty out of the pen. Although I think they got a couple of arms in the farm who they'll pro- they'd probably call up. Uh, you know, Josh Simpson. I think he's a lefty, so I think you have a couple of arms to restock in the farm if you do move a lefty. Yeah. Um, one guy I'm not trading. I'm not trading J- uh, Jimmy Yakabonis. Yes, sir. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to ride the Yakalo- the Yakamotive um, all throughout the year. Uh, this guy is insane. The horizontal break that you get from his pitches, it can it'll make you wet. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. It's it's reminds me of Nick Anderson from uh, back you know before they trade him to the Rays. You ride him out through the year, and then you go into next year and maybe trade him at the deadline. Yeah. I mean, this guy, if he doesn't strike you out, you're maybe hitting a home run off him, but that's mm-hmm. it. You're either striking out or you're taking him deep. I mean, 14 strikeouts in, in just a little bit over six innings. Um, he wasn't even a strikeout guy uh, before this year. I think he had like an 89 strikeouts and 110 innings before the year. So yeah, I don't know where this has come from. Oh, I don't want to lose him. I want to, I want to ride him through uh, to the sunset. Absolutely. Take my horse to the hotel. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking about now. I'm with you. I mean, Yakabonis, it's funny because, you know, it's it's a slightly obscure name in general. Yakabonis. Okay, great. So he's on the roster. You're like, right, okay. Who's this bullpen filler? Um, next thing is, he's out there on the mound. I'm watching him, sitting back. I've probably had a few wines because it's late in the game. And um, I'm like, oh, the eye test looks good. Like, Yakabonis has got some real nice stuff. And the next thing is, he's had a good couple of outings. Uh, he obviously had a real nice outing on Friday against the Mets. Uh, on Saturday, he then came in the eighth inning in high leverage. It was a tied game. Pete Alonso got him, like you said, for the home run. But I'm with you on Yakabonis. I'm. And how did the Marlins find these guys? Nick Anderson, Tony Bender, Yakabonis. They're all like the same mold where they're like just high stuff, crazy movement guys. And as we saw with Nick Anderson, you can, you know, you can really turn that into something, something impressive in terms of a prospect return down the line if you want. Um, I mean, they may, <laughs> it'd be crazy if, you know, he pitches 20 innings for the, for the Marlins now in the next, what, <laughs> what's that over eight weeks or whatever. And next thing is they flip him because he's, he's lights out, but everyone, all, you know, everyone needs bullpen arms. And if they are selling, um, we'll wait and see, but like you, I want to keep riding this Yakabonis train, no no doubt about it. And Richard Blyer, I mean, it's been a huge disappointment. Massive fan of Big Dick Blyer all last year. He was he was great. Slow start, but was really great. But in spring, again, I watched him in spring, early games. I, I've just been scratching my head all season. What's been up with yeah. Richard Blyer? I don't know. It, it usually, usually it takes him a little bit to get into yeah. his, his form, you know, into the year. But he just hasn't had it, you know, with, with when you're throwing – 90 you know you you got to be precise you got to be hitting your location and, and he's just not doing any of that no um so obviously you're gonna have to be going with Blyer next year and if, if you end up going with Blyer um your two Baltimore you know Scott and and Sulcer, uh probably Floro and and then um Okert Bender and yeah. uh uh Yaka 
Yakabonis. I, I, that's a good core. That's a good core of your bullpen. Then maybe you go out and, and sign somebody. So if you have to move on from Bass and um, maybe another one or two of those guys, I, I think you still have a good core of guys uh, for next year. But, um, you know, with Blyer being as bad as he is, you either got to hope he gets back to his form next year. Um, you know, he's not getting any younger, but, you know, pitchers can age a little gracefully, I guess. Um, but if he's not, you, I think you need Oker for that insurance, too. I'm with you. It's it, it the, the Marlins are in a tricky spot there. For me, Okert for the you know the contract, the control, the performance, the lefty, the hair. So many factors why you want the to hair. keep him around. Like <laughs> we really don't want to be moving you know Okert right now. But as mentioned in the article, you know those you know really high quality lefty arms. They're really you know is an enviable piece as well that teams will be calling calling on. The problem is. You know, the Marlins end up with some really nice bullpen arms, but they're trying to upgrade at center field, but they're trying to upgrade at center field with teams that don't need bullpen arms. <laughs> that's the problem. So, exactly. you know, that's that that's going to be the problem we face. But it's been, you know, how are you feeling about this pen in general? Because I've started to really gain confidence in this pen. Like, I feel like it's finally, I know it's the end of June, but it's finally coming together now, it feels. I'm, I'm feeling quite good about the pen. Um, mm. Lately, I feel like our, it's been our hurt rotation that's kind of been hurting us a little bit, and then our offense not being able, being able to overcome that. Um, with the pen, they've been stellar. I mean, you had the the Tanner Scott uh, Philly three run bomb, you know, the walk off, mm. but you know he had been going. I think three three games in a row, he was yeah. on pitch number thirty. Um, so I, I kind of give him a little bit of a break there, and then. Yakabonis giving up the home run to Pete Alonso. Look, I mean, he struck out the other three guys, and, and it's Pete Alonso. So you, you kind of live with that. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, the, the bullpen's been really good. Um, it's probably been their their strength, I'd say. You know, especially in um, while while some of the guys are on the mend in the rotation. So I'm I'm feeling pretty good about the bullpen. Um, and then once they call up Mad Max, you know, get get him into the rotation. Um, hopefully, we can start feeling better about the rotation. Um, and, and really pick it up you know, in this next stretch. It's got to be done. I mean, it, we, it, it's going to be close to max time, particularly now if, if they sense they can go on this run in July. Like, they just think, gotta get them up. It, this is it now. As Marlins fans, we're sitting here now. We're looking at the, the schedule. Six, seven games under 500. Wait and see how tonight's game goes. But we are then thinking, okay, you've got Max Meyer sat there in AAA. We need all the help we can get. If we're serious this year, Max Meyer should be up at the major league level. Whether it's out of the pen, I'm not even. If he's out of the pen, even as a long guy, a leverage guy, I don't mind. Wherever, clearly the rotation is the most obvious. But you know, listen, Dan Castano and Braxton Garrett have kind of settled in there. I'm more concerned about Trevor Rogers. It's not been Trevor Rogers of 21 at all. But Mm-mm. like you said, let's get Max up. Let's and really, it would give the organization fan base like us. A massive lift. I feel like we need a lift. It's been a bit of a rough stretch at times for us Marlins fans this year. We just haven't quite got into our stride. The big free agents just haven't hit the ground running. We've had clubhouse drama with this players meeting. You know, it's been a bit turbulent. Let's get Jazz up. Give the fan base a boost. Let's see what he can do. Get JJ Bladé up as well. Send Brian Della Cruz down. All of a sudden... You know, as Marlins fans, we love prospects too, right? We're used to cheering on prospects. It's just in our yeah. DNA now. So, And if know. they're not going to be good, they're going to be fun. You know, if they're there not going to be good, at least they'll be fun to watch. It. And, and it's better than these mediocre bums that we got on offense. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's been 
the biggest disappointment for you this year um, on the offensive side? I, I, most people would probably generally trend to Avi Garcia, but you have to look at Jacob Stallings' baseball savant page as well and kind of take that into account because Stallings has not been good either. Um, yeah. But where's your head at? I mean, I mean, the Stallings page, it's literally unreal. I, I can't even look at it. it but it, for me, it's got to be Avi. I mean, you brought this guy in to hit bombs. I think Kim said he's a you know 30-bomb guy, which I think he's only done like one, maybe one time in his career if he ever has. But um, he is dead at the bottom in so many hitting metrics. Um, and with Stallings, you, you kind of expected it. You know, he was never really a good hitter. But with Avi... Um, we needed him to be good. And, and he, I, I personally, I think he will turn it around for the remainder of the contract. I don't think we're way in Chen where, you know, it's, it's just going to be terrible for the rest of the contract. Abby could be bad this year, but bounce back next year. But for this year, it has been Abby. Um, he has been absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when he's getting hits, the OPS is just dead, dead low. Um, Cause he's not, he's not getting home runs. He's not getting doubles. It, it's been really bad with him. Yeah, it has. It, it, it's just, it started bad and it, there was a little flicker of light early June, but it's it's just been it's just not been good. And it, yeah. it's funny this Herald um, article from today. <laughs> there was like basically <laughs> a summary of the things that have gone wrong. Let me just kind of read this out for those that maybe haven't read it thus far. I don't know whether this was Craig or Barry. It could be either because both of them um, have a similar style in some ways. Um, what's gone wrong? Avisel has had a disappointing first half. That's one way of describing it. <laughs> Valuable and versatile Joey Wendell has missed nearly two months due to hamstring issues. Sanchez, for all his gifts, struggles to get on base consistently. That's an interesting one, too. Aguilar declined. We've talked about that. Trevor Rogers has dramatically, dramatically, sorry, regressed. Eliezer Hernandez has bombed. I think there's a pun in there somewhere. Sixto Sanchez hasn't pitched a game since 2020, and Edward Cabrera can't stay healthy. That's, I guess, a fair assessment of the fish. Um, you know, that that's without all of the clubhouse dramas too. But, you know, the, um, the, <laughs> this, when you kind of lead, read through all these, these elements that have happened, I, this, the, the, the player that I was thinking about too is Jesus Sanchez, who I think gets a pass from us because he's fun and he hits home runs now and again and they go a long way. But it's just been a little bit too erratic, I think, with Jesus Sanchez. I wouldn't say he's, He's progressed this year. It, it still feels like he's finding his way at the major league level. Obviously, he was asked defensively to move to center field. But what's been your take with Jesus at the plate particularly? Yeah, you know, I've, I've kind of wondered how much the burden of having a play center field has affected yeah. uh, his play at the plate. You know, being in left or right field last year, all you had to worry about was mashing and hitting. You know, he, he's got a good arm, so he could, you know, play a, a corner fine. But yeah. having to play in center field you know, maybe getting a little tired, getting a little hurt. Um, mm. I, I think that's really affected his play, um, you know, on offense. And, and hopefully if they can make a move to get somebody, it'll just relieve a little bit of that for him. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I, I've thought the same too with Jesus. Like when you, I haven't played baseball myself, not clearly at a professional level, that's for sure. I played the show a little bit, but um, the demands mentally of playing center field must be so much greater than playing in a corner spot, you know, where you have to be so switched on for every pitch because you're trying to work out where should I be? Where should everyone else be? What's going on here? And all these kind of shifts happening. It's so mentally draining that I think it probably has had a knock-on effect. And like you've already said, Isaac, to be honest with you, the solution, the problem and the solution have been there in front of us since the off season. We should have signed a center fielder or traded for one. 
If you do that, Jesus is playing a corner. Maybe Avi's playing a corner. Soler's DHing. Aguilar's probably moved. I don't know. Like the pieces seem to gel better in that situation. The problem is, is they've had no center fielder and they've had to just square peg round hole it. And I think everyone has felt the impact of that when we look at it now. So yeah, I think that's a, a good assessment of Jesus Sanchez. We're bang out of time. We're 40 minutes in. I said 30, we've done 40. So we'll, we'll get out of here. <laughs> Sandy Alcantara though, going last final piece though, Sandy going tonight. Um, are you expecting a one run, uh, what nine innings from Sandy tonight? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm thinking. I'll. I'll say eight in eight innings shut out, but they lose one nothing. Oh boy! But but I'll try to be optimistic. But I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, no, yeah, that's just realistic, I guess. We had a. I'm pretty sure they had a similar stat line. Yeah. It may have gone to extras last season. Yeah, where he, he had a he had a complete, Yeah, he had a complete game, and then I think let up a run in the tenth. That's right, and they, it was it would end up being yeah a walk off I guess. So, yeah, there we go. I'm uh, I'm intrigued. The the Cardinals, um, they're a tough team. They play the Marlins so tough, and they're so clutch as well. That's what I've learned about them. Defensively, they're sound as well. I mean, Arenado was just sensational at third base. It just blows you away. You know he's amazing, and then you watch him, and he's even more amazing than you remember the last time. It's it's wild. So Cardinals are well built, no doubt. It's going to be a tough ask. It's going to be a low-scoring game, we expect. But it'd be nice if the Marlins... And actually, they have given Sandy some run support this year, much more than last year. So Sandy's been getting it. The others haven't. Um, but guys, that is going to wrap us up for today, Wednesday's episode of Locked on Marlins. And thank you for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day. If you want to then make your second listen of the day, Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on MLB Stars of Tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, much like Locked on Marlins. So, Isaac Shapiro, debut on Locked on Marlins. For those that aren't watching, and some won't be, for the podcast listeners, let them know where they can find you on Twitter if they aren't following you already. Uh, 7 to 17 <laughs> There you go. So, seven, find seven me on Twitter. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. For those watching, they can see it because the graphics are there. So, all right. Well, Isaac, thanks so much for joining me, mate. That was, I mean, it was well appreciated. The bat signal was put out. Twitter came and delivered. Isaac stepped up to the plate and hopped on. And I thought it was a great conversation. Um, so that is us done Wednesday's episode. Peter Pratt, Isaac Shapiro signing out for today. And back tomorrow, of course, is a daily podcast. If you, if you hadn't, if you hadn't realized that yet. And tomorrow's guest I have got Dan the Man Healy in the house, also a UK goat, an original goat from Fish Across the Pond, and he is the main man behind Heat UK. So uh, he's crossing over now, going to be back to baseball now that Heat are done. So uh, in the meantime, guys, enjoy Sandy. Let's get this W. Let's get this season rolling, and let's get into July and absolutely push for over 500 by the deadline. Let's go!